Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 6th of December. India recorded a little more than 36,000 fresh COVID-19 cases, taking the total number of cases to 96.4 lakh or 9.6 million. With 482 new deaths, the virus has caused 1.4 lakh fatalities so far in the country. Pharma firm Pfizer has sought emergency use authorization for its COVID-19 vaccine in the country from the Drugs Controller General of India. Its parent company has already been given clearance in the UK and Bahrain. Apart from permission to import the vaccine for sale and distribution in the country, Pfizer has also requested a waiver of clinical trials in India in accordance with the special provisions under the new Drugs and Clinical Trials Rules of 2019. Talking of clinical trials, Haryana Health Minister Anil Vijay tweeted this morning that he did not ignore any protocol after testing positive for coronavirus. The minister had tested positive 2 weeks after receiving the first dose of the two-shot Bharat Biotech's coronavirus vaccine called Covaxin. Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath on Saturday directed officials to increase storage capacity for anti-COVID-19 vaccines when they become available. At a meeting at his official residence, he directed officials to increase the cold storage capacity to 2.30 lakh liters by December 15th. Adityanath said, and I quote, "All security arrangements should be made to ensure its availability. The safety of the vaccine storage spots should be ensured in the same manner as that of the electronic voting machines." Unquote. In some related happy news, a woman from West Bengal, almost 100 years of age, has beaten the deadly virus and recovered. Despite multiple complications, Bhava Trini Samanta, under the watchful eyes of her doctor, made it through. Her hundredth birthday is just one month away. The third round of talks this week between the farmers and the central government yesterday reached a deadlock yet again over the same issue, that of the farmers' demand of the scrapping of the new farm laws altogether. The centre has instead been offering to amend the laws. Before that on Thursday the farmer representatives had made a 39 point presentation on the farm laws inadequacies. They had refused the bit by bit changes offered by the center demanding written assurances on the extension of the MSP scheme. Government sources told the Indian Express that there is a possibility of a special parliament session being convened. However, no decision has been made yet. Agriculture Minister Narendra Singh Tomar also appealed to the union leaders to send back the elderly women and children to their homes from the protest sites and assured that the farmers procurement at minimum support price will continue. Tomar said that the government will hold another internal meeting to discuss the matter. The next round of discussions is scheduled for the 9th of December, a day after the All India Bandh called by the farmers. The farmers call for a Bharat Bandh meanwhile has received support from the opposition parties like the Aam Aadmi Party, Telangana Rashtra Samiti, Tamil Nadu's DMK, left parties, the Rashtriya Janata Dal, the Samajwadi Party and Bengal's Trinamool Congress. Even the Indian National Congress extended its complete support to the strike this morning. Bharatiya Kisan Union leader Harvinder Singh Lakhwal said that the Bandh will also see farmers blocking national highways and occupying toll plazas across the country. At least 3 deaths have been recorded during the farmer protests so far. The farmers have told the center that given the cold weather it would be inhuman to drag this out any further. On Thursday the Punjab government announced financial assistance of 5 lakh rupees to each of the families of the two farmers from the state who died during the protests. Also the United Nations has weighed in on the protest and reminded the central government that the people have a right to protest peacefully. This comes after Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau spoke out in support of the farmers twice. 
The Indian government had responded saying that such remarks by foreign leaders are ill-informed and unwarranted as the matter was related to India's internal affairs. In fact, Union External Affairs Minister S.J. Shankar will skip a Canada-led meeting on coronavirus. The ministry has used scheduling issues as an excuse and said that it was not because of Trudeau's comments. In the latest episode of News Laundry Hafta, the panel discussed the farmers' protest and how the Indian media has been covering it. Let me play you a short clip from the conversation. Oh, it's the same thing that they've been doing for a while now. And we've seen this from, I think, CA protests onwards that essentially what these channels do is they go to these protest sites, they'll find one or two controversial bites and speak to people who are probably not aware of the bill or would in their excitement say something and then just play that on loop to tar the entire protest. So in this case, they found this guy who said Indira Thogdi, Modi Thogdiya and they found some Khalistan posters and then the whole coverage has been about how Khalistani tattwa mil gaye hain or kaise Khalistan ki demand ho rahi hai and the farmers' issues are completely, you know, at the back and... I think that's what's happened through every protest and the backlash is now for us it's been a story for a year now every protest that we go to cover our major story is, a, is about the anger against the media so you have protesters chanting slogans against the government and then the second rung slogans are all anti-media you know Z News Godi Media Republic Aztec and people are naming channels it's not that they just say you know uh, media kharabe. they have specific channels that they watch that they dislike and I mean, from the, these conversations, and I, I highly recommend that video that she shot with four farmers about what they thought of the media coverage. It's pretty clear that uh, these guys are watching what is being said about them. For example, Sudhir saying that how can farmers speak in English? Now, this guy has watched it clearly. He said that Z News wale ye bol rahe convent You know, I'm a farmer. I'll show you my land. I mean, am I not supposed to speak in English just because I'm a farmer's son? To listen to the complete episode, head to our website, newslaundry.com's podcast section. And before I forget, my dear listeners who are not subscribers yet, Hafta is going behind the paywall from next week onwards. Meaning only subscribers will have access to it. So in case you haven't subscribed yet, it is about time. And I'm asking you to make this decision after you visit our website, check out all our ground reports, especially the series on the farmer protests. If you think we're doing a good job, please do subscribe. You see, News Laundry is a 100% ad-free news platform and to bring you honest reportage like this, we do not rely on advertisers or sponsors. Instead, we count on folks like you who understand the importance of independent media in times as polarized as this. So please do consider it. The lowest plan is just for 300 rupees a month. More than 200 people, including several children, have fallen sick in West Godavari district of Andhra Pradesh in what appears to be a case of contaminated drinking water. However, viral encephalitis has not been ruled out yet. A doctor treating them at the government general hospital said that patients were suffering from dizziness, headache and epilepsy-type symptoms. Medical teams from different hospitals in West Godavari and Krishna districts have been sent to the colonies where the patients are being treated in special camps. Health Minister Allah Kali Krishna Srinivas said, and I quote, COVID tests were conducted on the patients and all the reports are negative, unquote. The minister also added that 150 beds in Eluru and another 50 beds in Vijayawara are ready to deal with the emergency. He also directed the district medical and health officer to conduct a door-to-door survey of the affected areas and keep emergency medicines available. 
In what comes across as a slight shock, the BJP has lost two seats in the Legislative Council elections in Prime Minister Modi's constituency of Varanasi after nearly a decade. Both the seats, one reserved for teachers and the other for graduates, were won by Samajwadi Party candidates. On Saturday, the Samajwadi Party's Ashutosh Sinha won the Varanasi Division graduate seat a day after his party colleague Lal Bihari Yadav won from the teachers' constituency. Polling was held on Tuesday for 11 seats to the Uttar Pradesh Legislative Council, the upper house of the state legislature, with five reserved seats for graduates and six for teachers. The term of the members, known as MLCs, had expired on 6th of May. Teachers' associations linked to the BJP, Samajwadi Party and the Congress had fought the polls with 199 candidates in the contest. With the results for the two seats still pending on Saturday, the BJP had won four of the 11 seats, the Samajwadi Party three and independent candidates won two. According to a report by The Telegraph, the police in Assam's Dispur has charged a registered public charitable trust run by Lok Sabha MP and Chief of All India United Democratic Front, Badruddin Ajmal, with sedition and other offences. The charges were levelled following an FIR filed by BJP Satya Ranjan Bora against Ajmal Foundation, alleging that the organisation got funds from foreign agencies which were linked to terror outfits. Hindustan Times reported that the BJP leader's accusations are based on allegations made against the Ajmal Foundation by an NGO called Legal Rights Observatory. The NGO alleged on Twitter that many Turkey and United Kingdom-based organizations have given more than 69 crore rupees to the Ajmal Foundation for education. The NGO alleged that out of the funds received, a little over 2 crore rupees was used for educational purposes and the rest was used by Badruddin Ajmal's party. Ajmal has denied the allegations, calling it an international conspiracy to defame his party. The BJP, however, has asked for a CBI inquiry into the matter. According to an exclusive report by NDTV, China has built at least three villages almost five kilometres away from the Bumla Pass, which lies close to the border between India, China and Bhutan in western Arunachal Pradesh. China refuses to acknowledge the boundary between itself and India in this region and the new constructions seem to be a step by the country to reinforce its territorial claims along the Arunachal border. NDTV quoted China expert Dr. Brahma Chalani as saying, China has been using a strategy of settling Han Chinese and Tibetan members of the Communist Party along the Indian border to strengthen its territorial claims and escalate border intrusions. Like it used fishermen in the South China Sea, China uses civilian resources, herders and grazers as the tip of the spear to intrude into the Indian patrolled Himalayan areas. Unquote. The new satellite images in the NDTV report come a week after high-res satellite images appeared of the Chinese village construction in Bhutanese sovereign territory, just 7 kilometers away from the Doklam face-off site between Indian and Chinese forces in 2017. The villages in question lie within the Chinese territory and were being constructed at the same time that the Indian and Chinese soldiers faced off in eastern Ladakh. The standoff continues with tens of thousands of soldiers deployed on the border through the harsh winter. This was after several rounds of military talks between the two countries failed to achieve any sort of understanding. And now for some international updates. COVID-19 has infected over 66.6 million people around the world, out of which over 1.5 million have died. A new study by the UN Development Programme, or UNDP, has found that an additional 207 million people could be pushed into extreme poverty by 2030 due to the severe long-term impact of the coronavirus pandemic, bringing the total number of the world's extremely poor to over 1 billion. 
The USA has added more than 1 million cases to its grim total of nearly 15 million COVID cases in just five days. More than 281,000 people have died in the country. The month of November saw disturbing peaks in the daily number of new COVID-19 cases in the country, reaching 100,000 for the first time, as well as spikes in hospitalizations and deaths. On the 2nd of December, more than 200,000 new cases were reported. More than 100,000 COVID-19 patients have been hospitalized nationwide for the past four days, according to the COVID tracking project. The United Kingdom is expecting to receive up to 4 million doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine by the end of December. The deputy chief executive of the NHS provider, Safran Qadri, said that only hospitals had the infrastructure to store the vaccines. She also said that those institutions receiving the first batch were calling people aged above 80 years in their areas to come into the hospitals and setting up separate clinics on-site. Kaudry also said that frontline workers were moved down the vaccine priority list to focus on the first batch of doses to those most at risk of dying. In China, provincial governments are placing orders for experimental domestically made coronavirus vaccines, though health officials are yet to say how well they work. Russia, meanwhile, which has crossed 2.4 million cases, has begun vaccinating vulnerable groups with the country's Sputnik V COVID-19 vaccine. Full safety and efficacy trials, however, have not yet been completed. In South Korea, social distancing requirements were tightened in the capital Seoul on Sunday. Health authorities recorded over 600 new cases as of midnight on Saturday, which is the largest daily tally since a peak in February and early March. The Australian state of Victoria has announced a significant easing of its COVID-19 restrictions, opening up the state in time for summer. Victoria, once the worst-hit state in the country, has enjoyed 37 straight days free from COVID-19. Portugal is also set to ease coronavirus rules over the Christmas period to allow people to visit friends and families, but measures will be reinforced again a few days later to crack down on New Year's parties. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. To find out what a section of our television media was up to while the farmer protests were raging on, watch the latest episode of TV Nuisance with Manisha. All it took for our dear news anchors to ignore the farmers' protest was the Prime Minister's visit to Varanasi, where he enjoyed a cruise on the Ganga, multiple light and sound shows and a long puja at the Kashi Vishwanath Temple. Meanwhile, Arnab Goswami and Sudhir Chaudhary saw a Khalistan anti-national conspiracy at the Singhu border. We were told by some news anchors that farmers are fools, misled and pawns in the hands of the opposition. Watch the latest episode of TV Nuisance for more on this. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.